right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, uh, happy to, to be here with you. Um, we have, uh, I, I'd like to, before I get into the word, I'd like us to pray together. So we have a bunch of folks that are, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm good. Yep. Y'all want me to use the other mic? All right. Uh, Teresa, where's your? Oh, there we go. Thank you. Okay. Hello. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, we have, uh, we have a bunch of our folks up in the mountains this weekend, up in uh, Big Bear. Uh, we have 38 teens at a retreat, and they're, they're with a whole bunch of other youth ministries. There's 450 teens uh, in this, is this huge campsite that they're in. Uh, I, I drove my son up Friday night, so I got to see it. I mean, it's amazing. And uh, we have a bunch of our adults that are up there trying to basically survive a weekend with almost 500 teens, uh, you know, going up there. But um, 38 teens, most of them are from Lincoln High School, and most of our teens that are there have never given their life to Jesus. They have uh, never had a, a, an adult ownership relationship with Jesus, and of the 450, they're saying that a whole bunch of teens up there, this is the first time that they might have an opportunity to really say yes to God and to give uh, their life to him and let him lead their life. Think about that. 450 teens who are on a path that the world wants for them and they have a chance to say yes, to get on a path that Jesus has for them, a path that could change their whole lives, how they make choices now, what they do in their 20s. I mean, how and how many of them could be the start of their whole family starting to be changed? You know what I'm saying? And so what I would like us to do is just pray for them. They're going to be coming back later today from the weekend. So I want to pray for the teens that they would just say yes, that any of their fears or their stubbornness or whatever. And let's pray for all of our adults that are up there that God would give them energy to finish, baby, to finish this retreat with them, to love on our teens really well. So um, can you just turn to somebody that you're next to and if yeah, you're not comfortable or just say hi to them. You can pray quietly or whatever. And let's just pray. I'm going to give us a minute, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pray for our teens and bring us back together. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much for how you love uh, every generation in our community, that every one of us are your kids. But right now, we just say, God, thank you for bringing all those young adults up into the mountains this weekend. Thank you, God, for uh, making it all happen, for providing the money, for providing the way. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, we just say for all 450, but especially for our 38 God, win their hearts. If you haven't already, just win their hearts that they would see 
that you are the one that's always been with them. That you are the one that loves them deeply and knows how each one of them are uniquely made. That you are the one that has a great destiny and a great life for them if they would let you lead them. Lord Jesus, give them a desire and a courage to say yes. Uh, to let you move in and call the shots, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, I pray that you would just start a fire in their hearts that when they come down the mountain would get us God, that we would be transformed by their new fire for you, God, that their families, Lord Jesus, that you would start a movement through every one of their households, that moms and dads and brothers and sisters and, uh, and uncles and aunts that would start to see something different and want to know why and want to say yes to you and to change their lives fundamentally for you. Come, Lord Jesus, glorify yourself and bring them home. And Lord Jesus, with all the whole team of adults that are up there, uh, loving on these kids and, and, and shepherding them. God, give them strength to finish this weekend well. God, I pray that you would give them great wisdom to know how to speak to every one of the kids that they are caring for. And I pray, God, that you would just, just completely pour out your grace to them, that they would uh, know that you serve them as they serve uh, the kids that are there. Thank you, Jesus. Bring them home safely in your arms. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, would you please stand as we honor the reading of God's Word that is going to strengthen us today. We are uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, we know this word is just, it's yours. It's filled with your spirit. So come and speak right to us, Lord Jesus. Come and just uh, awaken our soul to you right now. Uh, our tiredness, Lord Jesus, we give it to you. Distractions, we give it to you, God. Help us to lock in. God, we know you've got something good for us. We want to feast, Lord Jesus. Do not let us turn away from the feast right now. Speak, Lord Jesus. We are listening. We pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, you may have a seat. Well, church, we have been mining the gold that is in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Ephesians as a book, and there's 66 books in our Bible, Ephesians as a book, I commend it to you. It is a rich book, small but powerful. It can radically shape your life. Just go to the Bible, look at the table of contents, read, get for Ephesians, and just be in that uh, as this text that we read tells us, we need the Spirit of God to strengthen our inner being. Anybody need some strength in their inner beings today? Anybody? Okay, okay, good. I'm not alone. Thank you. We need to experience the Spirit and love of Jesus as much as we understand it. We have to know in our minds who is God and who is the Spirit and who is Jesus, but then we have to experience it in our hearts, our souls, our beings, our bodies, right? We are to, as the text says, know his love that surpasses the knowledge of his love. Can I get an amen? All right. See, Jesus has to be personal and it has to be regular, right? It is 
One thing to know what food is is another thing to eat it. You know what I'm talking about here? Yep, I'm, real, I'm a little hungry right now. You're going to probably hear a little food uh, analogies going on. It's one thing to see food, but to keep a distance from it, another thing to eat it entirely. And that's, Jesus says that in the Gospel of John. I am bread. Come and eat from me. There's a major wound in our inner being as people. We are all fundamentally flawed as people. And we need, therefore, regular experiences of the Spirit and the love of Jesus. We've talked about in this series, in Ephesians chapter 3 and a few other scriptures, we've talked about how we are given the Word, fundamentally. We are given musical worship. We are given solitude. We are given silence. We're given tongues. All of these things are given to us so that we can regularly experience the Spirit, be strengthened in our inner being, and rooted in the love of Jesus. So today I want to focus down on verse 17. We've been in 316. I'm focused down on verse 17. Verse 17 says, so that Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let me say that again. So that Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. It's saying that the end goal, right, so that, it's building on the previous statement, verse 16, right before it says, God the Father strengthens your inner being through his spirit so that Jesus may live in your hearts through faith. So that Jesus may live in your heart through faith. The purpose of the work of the spirit is to allow Jesus to live in our hearts. So what does that mean specifically for Jesus to live in our hearts through faith? Well, to to answer that question, we've got to go back to the beginning, and oh, the Word of God is going to come alive for us today. So in the beginning, God creates everything. And after the original creation, earth, you know, plants, animals, seas, right, then we get the first humans. And then as we move to Genesis chapter 2, we get this picture of the first man and woman walking together in the garden that God created for them. Literally walking together as family. God, man, woman walking together in a garden, hanging out as intimate companions. It's such a powerful image. I mean, can you imagine yourself walking with Jesus through a park? I mean, just try to picture that. I guess, I mean, it's pro- not too many of us walk with each other anymore through parks. That's, I, I, I realized that. I was thinking about that. Like, it's just not <laughs> something that we do, probably because we're all lazy. I don't know exactly why. But when we think about hanging out with somebody, usually it's sitting down hanging out with somebody. You know what I mean? It's sort of like walking together through a park. Or maybe we don't walk together because we can't like walk and be on our phones at the same time. Maybe that's actually what's going on. So hanging out together is sitting down and then showing each other. So here we go. Can you imagine, right, you are sitting down with Jesus and you're just hanging out and every, you know, minute or two like, hey, Jesus, look at this meme. (laughs) Hey, look at this video. Intimate companions. You might be surprised actually at how much Jesus would laugh with you at the memes that you, he's not going to be like, hey, that's stupid. Stop that, you know. He, he actually probably really enjoys some of the videos that you want to look at him with, right? Can you imagine being in, in the car with him and you're in the passenger seat and he's driving and you're rolling through In-N-Out Hamburger? People are like, dude, that dude's chilling with Jesus. Intimate companion with Jesus. That is what we were made for. 
we all have lost this intimate companionship to Jesus, tragically. In the beginning, we are told, right, the, the first humans are walking with God intimately in the garden, and we're told that there's a tree in the garden of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and that tree is the only one out of the millions of trees, the Lord and everything, he said, do not eat from the fruit of that tree. That is the one tree you cannot eat because if you do it, you will die. But then the devil comes along and he lies, right, and he says not only to the first humans but to all of us, no, 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 you won't die if you eat from that. God's wrong. God's actually worried if you eat from that, then you'll become like God and you'll have the same power as God. And the first humans believed this lie, right? And so they ate of the fruit of that one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We all eat of that tree every single day. I'm gonna, let me emphasize this again before I explain what the tree is or the fruit of that tree. We all eat from this tree of knowledge and good and evil every single day. And the devil was wrong. God was right. Instead of we get more superpower, it's actually killing us, literally killing us. So what is the tree of knowledge of good and evil? It is not literal. We are all eating from it, and obviously it's not like every day you see people walking like zombies to the middle of the city and all eating from this poisonous fruit, right? <laughs> we're, we're not, it's like some movie. No, that's not it's happening. It's not literal. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is a Hebrew idiom. An idiom is a phrase of words that every language, people put it together, and it means something different than literal. So when I say, man, it's raining cats and dogs, there's not literally cats and dogs falling from heaven. It means it's raining really heavy, right? What's a Spanish idiom? Anybody have a Spanish idiom, a phrase? Anybody think of? Top of your head? Lucia, you got one. No? All right. Anyways, every, every language has them, right? You just got these idioms, right? It's not appropriate. Yes, every language has inappropriate idioms. That's right. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Hebrew people, the ancient Hebrew people, they used it as an, uh, as an idiom, not literal. It was a common idiom, and it, and it doesn't mean evil. This is not a tree of evil. We know it's not evil because in Genesis chapter 3, 22, it says God has it. He has the knowledge of good and evil, and we know there is not one ounce of evil in God. Can I get an amen from that? Right? There's no evil in God. In other places of the Bible, we are told that King Solomon had the knowledge of good and evil. We're told in other places of the Bible that young children do not have the knowledge of good and evil. And the very old, they lose it. So here's the riddle, right? A king, Solomon, in his prime, has the knowledge of good and evil. Really young children don't have it yet. And the very old lose it. See, what is the knowledge of good and evil, what is this fruit that we're all eating every day, right? I, I like this definition the best from uh, Daniel Fuller. It's a maturity in which you make independent and therefore responsible for your own decisions. It's this ability to say, I will make my own decisions. I see myself as mature, and I will live in this mature, responsible, independent way. Independence. Independence. Right? It's, it's this understanding of what, quote, unquote, mature adults possess. God tells all of us, 
Do not live in the lie that you can consider yourself independent of me and think that you can enjoy a fulfilled life by taking matters into your own hands and making your own decisions about your happiness and welfare. Don't believe that lie. That lie of the streets that says, no, really, the goal of your life is to become your own man and your own woman, that you make your own independent decisions, that you are the only one in control of your happiness and welfare. Don't eat that fruit because that is how you will kill yourself. The temptation to pull away from a dependence of God, it is the strongest evil desire that we deal with. We're getting way deeper than just, I'm struggling with cussing. I'm struggling with, you know, sexual lust. I'm, that's all real. But we're getting down to the root of why we're all struggling with these things. Oh, I got anger issues. Yeah, we're going deeper into the root of our hearts and souls right here. This desire for independence from God and each other, this is why teenagers fight so much with their parents. It is a strong desire that we all experience as we go through our teenage years. It's why workers have so much friction with tough bosses. It is why we glorify and even deify our personal desires. It's my truth. It's my life. It's my decision. We have lifted up a deception that the happy life is measured in how free you are from having to listen to or be led by, or be in any kind of real commitment to another person and even God. And it's killing us. It is so important that we just drill down and try to understand this independent spirit. It is the most ferocious of them all. It is literally killing us. See, many people will say pride is the root of all sin. That's part of the root of all sin. I would say yes. But see, the problem is now is when we say pride and we think about pride, we think of arrogance, right? We think of people who are cocky and bragging about how good and how strong I am. And so with that picture of pride in our minds, we often deceive ourselves into thinking that, you know, I'm just fine with God in life. When in reality, we are just as independent and strong-willed in doing what we want as the arrogant and cocky person is at doing what they want to do. We just don't brag about it. We have this, quote-unquote, humble independence, right? We, we, we're, we're, we're over here eating poison, but we're just not bragging about the fact that we're eating the poison, right? And that's where we get a little bit tricky when we say, yeah, prize root of all sin. So all you cocky people, you're going to hell. <laughs> right? You have no idea. And then here we go. We're like, I don't need God. I do what I want to do. I call my own shots. And we're going down the same path, same outcome. The root of our anxiety, our pain, our stress, our suffering, it's a detachment from God. A very real detachment that affects us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even physically. The
right. I got to get back in my flow. Turn. <laughs> Turn to somebody and, uh, and tell them what's God speaking to you right now. And then I'm going to get back in my flow. Jesus says, you must become like little children in order to re receive salvation, eternal salvation and salvation from your own pain and dysfunction that you create in your own life and your family's life. He is specifically talking about small children. We think it's like the really mature teenager. We don't like being so weak as a small child. This is what I'm talking about. We are deeply flawed as human beings. We dis despise the very thing that we need to become in order to live healthy and free. We are addicts to our independence from macro big, big picture decisions, clearly articulated philosophies, to subtle, even subconscious decisions and feelings. We are constantly leading ourselves away from the presence of God into our own pain and destruction. Every, I have so many people tell me when they're going through hard things, is God mad at me? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're screwing it up. Or somebody else is screwing it up because we all just keep going away from God. How would you react if day after day the person you love the most kept re rejecting you? Think about the person you love the most right now in your mind. And now think about a world where day after day, they, you, you bring them flowers or you bring them food and they just keep rejecting you. They keep pulling away from you. They keep not including you. You keep finding out on Instagram that they're out partying without you. Or they went to an event and they never invited you. And you love them the most. How would you react? We would cut them off. We would totally go after them and make them feel bad because they hurt us. We would leave them and tell other people they're not even worthy to love because they're nothing but flaky and selfish and arrogant and they have no nothing. We do that all the time. Jesus, every single day, keeps coming to us. He keeps pursuing us. Worship Jesus. He's absolutely out of this world. He's absolutely not human in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the sense of our deepest depravity. He keeps coming to us day after day going, oh, okay, you reject me again. You, you running farther, I'm going to chase after you, and here I am, here I am. You're going, here I am, here I am. He doesn't, he doesn't harass us or stalk us. He doesn't force his way in our life. The devil does. The devil don't care what you want. The devil's going to come. But he's just always right there. Now the Ephesians text comes to light. Verse 16, I pray. That out of his glorious riches, this is Paul, I'm praying for you. That out of the Father's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being that is so flawed and is so just messed up with this independence thing, so that Jesus may live in your hearts. That you may have him as the intimate companion, completely dependent on Jesus through faith. That he loves you even though you give him the middle finger every single day. He keeps coming to live in your hearts. I'm praying that the spirit would strengthen your inner being. That you would stop refusing God and receive Christ to live with you. We keep trying to evict Jesus from living in our hearts. 
The Spirit keeps trying to break through to keep him in. This is the dance every single day in the spiritual realm. This has always been the foundational effort of God. It's the dance. His primary response to our pain, to our self-destruction, to our rebellion has been to come to us, to attach himself to us so that he can be our saving and healing companion because we just don't know better. So that's why in Matthew chapter 1, the angel tells Joseph in a dream that the baby in Mary's stomach will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus, who is the word of God, who was with God in the creation, right, and who clarifies and explains all aspects of God, make a, makes a decision to become a human so that he can make his home amongst us. And in Mark chapter 3, when Jesus picks his 12 original disciples, their very first priority, the very first thing that he says, I picked you to be with me. With me. You're, you're to attach to me. That's how you're going to change the world. The spirit of Jesus is always coming to us. Always. Always. You can't screw up enough to have him turn his back on you just always coming to us. The best, the best picture of this pursuit is in Revelations chapter 3 when Jesus says, look, this is, I'm quoting scripture, I'm quoting the words of Jesus himself, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And I'll take a look at your memes. I will come, I'm, I'm right here every day, every day. Just open the door and I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. The ultimate goal of our lives, the most important pursuit of our lives, should be a daily denying our independent selves to choose against this natural desire toward independence and to keep putting ourselves in a place to just receive the companionship of Jesus through the Spirit, to be caught by Jesus, to learn how to grow into more and more dependence on Jesus, to learn how to attach all parts of our lives to Jesus, to learn how to pray along with King David in the Psalms, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. Dear friends and mentors of mine, George and Dorothy Matheson from Australia. Many of us have gotten to pray with them. Dorothy is now fully with Jesus in heaven. Um, they really helped me understand how to take this understanding of life. This I'm giving you, this is the big grid of your life. You understand that like there's nothing more important in your life. That actually your unique personality is wired to be an intimate companion with Jesus and that he wants to, you to figure out and understand how you uniquely are to live every day with Jesus. Do you realize that the job that you're in every day, whether it's just a job that's just paying the bills right now or whether it's your full-on career, that it is specifically, ultimately there for you to learn how to be a companion to Jesus every day. The blood family that you are in. Everything. Right? And so this is our, supposed to be our whole purpose of life. Everything flows from this place. If we learn how to depend upon Jesus, everything else flows. And so how do we practically, how do we practically just get away from the independent spirit and get into a codependent relationship on Jesus as a small child? George and Dorothy really helped me understand how to practically just every day 
practice the presence of Jesus. It's amazing when you start to realize what the scripture is saying is Jesus is always right here. Every single situation you're in, he's always right here. He's not far away, and so therefore, how do I get myself where I'm more and more aware of his presence around me, with me, right? So I want to give you three uh, specific ways that you can practice the presence of Jesus and slowly grow out of this. This is what we do, right? We're independent, and so we do our work, we do our entertainment, we do our family, and then we go to church. There's God. Or we do our, you know, we get our errands done, and then we go and have some time in the Bible. Boom, there's a... We are trying to break that whole compartmentalization and live always in the presence of Jesus. So let me give you three practical ways. First, just in the simple routine parts of your days, believe that you're never alone, and so always ask Jesus to open up our eyes to see him, to feel him, to know his presence throughout our days. Make a determined effort to go, I'm going to just stop praying, Jesus, where are you? And say, Jesus, I want to see you. I want to see you right now. Jesus, are, no, don't say, are you here, Jesus? Just say, where are you? Right? Instead of saying, are you with me? Say, where are you? So prayer is not only a set time that we focus on. Although that's good. When you can get that deeper time, you're going to go deeper. He's going to speak to you more. But it's also something we can just pause throughout a minute for every day just to practice the presence of Jesus. Just to go, where are you right now? Use the different parts of your day to kind of point you, right, to, to this activity. So often I, when I'm in the shower, that happens every day mostly. You know, I'm trying to be a, a high, healthy person. You know what I'm saying? Often, like, the water is hitting me, and I'll just be like, I've used it as a symbol to go, Jesus, you are the living water that cleanses my soul. Clean me, uh, my soul, as this water is cleaning my physical body. Um, if I'm at the store doing errands and I have this really awesome interaction with a stranger, I love to talk to people and I'll say hi, whatever. I walk away, I'm like, Jesus, thank you that you just showed me love through that person. That was just a joy moment. Just pause. That was you today, Jesus. I got a crazy day. And boom, I just met the person that rang up my groceries. That was you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, as you have a great meal as you lay down to sleep, as you wash the dishes, as you cook, we are never, ever alone. As we help each other sort of practice the presence of Jesus, the routine parts of the day actually become life-giving. And they're there throughout the day to then prepare us for when we have the tough conversation of the day or the stressful part of our job and we go, oh, wait a minute. When I was, you know, when I was putting my hair together this morning, I don't do that. Uh, you were, you know. <laughs> Right? When you're putting your face together this morning, you just go, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're here. Thank you I have life in my lungs today. Boom. And then, and then I went and I was preparing breakfast and I'm eating my food. And I'm like, Jesus, thank you that you sustain my soul. Let me feast on you today. I know you're with me. And I'm doing these little things. And all of a sudden at about 3 o'clock, I'm in the toughest part of my job. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Jesus is with me because I've practiced his presence all day long. And so now, Jesus, would you show me where you're at right now when I'm really upset or I'm really stressed? In the simple things, we learn how to break free from this uh, addiction of independence and feel like we're all alone, right? And this destructive nature of separating the spiritual from the natural. The second way that we practice the presence of Jesus is we help each other as community when we get together and we, we express our pain and our suffering and our struggle. The difficult, like we say, hey, 
help me, pray for me, and here's what's going on, blah, 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 right? Here's all the, the garbage in my life. What George and Dorothy really help me understand is our instinct as friends is often when we hear our, uh, somebody say, this is distressing me out, this is hard, we want to give them advice. Or here's, here's what we like to do. We like to go, oh, man, I totally relate because I've, been, I've gone through this, 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 and this, and the next thing you know, it's now about me instead of about them, right? We just kind of do the pain uh, comp- Olympics. <laughs> Who's got more pain? Yeah, man, I relate, and you're not really caring about them. You're like, yeah, you feel my pain. And the person returns, oh, man, well, it got worse three years ago. And yeah, what, that doesn't really, I mean, what does that help, right? Um, <laughs> all right, I got, I, got, I got a couple people who are like, yep, I'm with you, brother. Thank you. The best thing that we can do when we hear, we come together, life group, church, a friend, and they, they vent out is to go, man, give empathy. Matt, I'm feeling you. Let's pray and ask Jesus where he's at in the midst of this crazy relationship that you're dealing with. Um, and then what we do is we help each other quiet. And then we, uh, we, we, we just, because everybody's hurting or crying or in pain, let's, all right, we got it out now, let's, and we just breathe in. And somebody says, thank you, Jesus. We slow our breathing. Because if you slow your breathing, then you start to kind of, all right, just calm down. And now you help yourself make more aware of the spiritual realm. Thank you, Jesus. And we breathe out. You are my peace. Thank you, Jesus. You are my peace. And we do that five times. And then we just stay in some silence for a minute. What does Jesus want to show? Sometimes he'll bring a picture to your mind that you really understand. Oh, I understand what that means. Sometimes there's just a feeling of great peace in the midst of, I don't know how to pay my rent, but all of a sudden I feel peace God will provide. Sometimes a scripture, sometimes there's a a memory that comes to your mind, whatever it could be. But you realize, wow, Jesus is here. He's with me. And church, before you figure out the solution to your problems, figure out that Jesus is with you. And now it's a much better ballgame. Now we can handle that problem. Even before the solution comes, make sure you know that Jesus is with you. The last area that I'm not going to get into a lot because it can be quite complicated, but it's very powerful, is in traumatic memories. A lot of the stress and the problems we have, a lot of the parts of our personality that we don't like is connected to trauma that we've had in the past. Well, if, if we know that, we can actually, with a trusted friend, right, actually go back into that memory and ask Jesus, where were you, Jesus? You were always with me, so where were you when that happened to me? I have been a part of just incredible hair stacking all over, like, whoa. I was in a room once with a, you know, he's a young man, and he was, uh, he had been abused by his father. And he was really frustrated because he was seen now as a young father. That was kind of coming out. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that my, you know, my dad and all this stuff. And he's angry, and he's just like, I don't want to be angry. I want to forgive him, but I can't, right? And we just practiced the presence of Jesus, and we, uh, God brought back one of the more painful memories of abuse where he was like, his father, he said, was like, like screaming at him so loud that he was like bending him over the counter. And he was just sitting there taking it. And he was so mad because he was like, I, I, I was a kid then, and I, want, I had no power. But I don't want to go fight my dad. He's old. You know, I mean, he was just struggling. You know what I mean? He's like, I just want to get rid of this anger. And, and, and he... Going back into the memory, it was so hard, right, because he's, he's coming up again. And all of a sudden, we just said, Jesus, where were you in that moment? And all of a sudden, this dude just starts weeping. And we just wait for him to be done. And they're like, what happened? And he said, I saw Jesus 
right in between me and my dad, and he was right there in my face, and he said, your dad's words will not affect who you are. Mine will. Whoo, baby. Just changed his whole outlook. There's so many ways that we can practice the presence of Jesus. I'm going to bring the worship team up right now. Do you know that uh, one of my favorite little just stories, if you will, or just little things about the church around the world, the, the Chinese underground church, there's a bunch of Christians in China that are getting persecuted by their government. we got evil all over the world. So many people in power are just in such evil. Um, in that that's when you take the independent spirit too far and you get a bunch of power, oh boy. And they're constantly, the Chinese church has to meet in secret in some parts of China. And they're constantly, when the authorities find out, the police, they arrest, especially the men of the household, and they throw them in jail for long periods of time. So the Chinese church has developed a custom where when the families get together to eat, they always have an empty chair around the table. And that empty chair is where Jesus sits. And they help their children understand that Jesus is always with us, even in every suffering that he chose into our suffering. And so when, if their father gets kidnapped and is imprisoned for a few years, that chair with Jesus is still there because they can never kidnap Jesus. Oof. That's how we're supposed to live. Utter dependence on Jesus and utter hunger to do whatever it takes to know that he's with us, to move towards him and to let him in as he's going that into our hearts. Over and over again, as we practice his presence in our present little routines, the little things of the day, to dealing with our current struggles, to even in our past trauma, we learn how to then receive the spirit of Jesus to be attached to Jesus in all parts of our life. See, we are constantly trying to deny that that spirit that says, suck it up and be a good soldier. That way of living is destructive. It's glorified in our culture, but it's actually destructive. It's right, I am my own man or woman. I trust my feelings, my thinking. See, we, we say no to that and we embrace the companionship of Jesus on a day-to-day, real-life basis. We move from the pages of our Bible that inform us about the clear nature of Jesus into then living like the people in the Bible with the real Jesus. The Bible keeps us from creating our own Jesus. The Bible keeps us from believing that we have the power in us to control our lives. The Bible reminds us over and over again that we were created to be absolutely dependent on Jesus. He is our life source. He is our source of all healing. He is our source of all strength and wisdom and joy and happiness. Learning how to live with him it is the ultimate purpose of our life. We put that first, and then we can have healthy marriages, and we can have joy even at the toughest jobs, and we can have healthy relationships, and we can feel content and not compare our lives with other people's lives and be jealous and want more. We can know our unique purpose. So before we start to worship, let's just help each other right now. Let me Allow me to guide you through a simple quietening prayer that you can use every day. So why don't you just get comfortable, make sure your phone is off, that it will not distract you. It's only going to be a couple of minutes. And I want you now to just slow down your breathing, be aware of your breathing. It takes 
longer breaths in, and then breathe slowly out. Deep breath in. Out. Time is now just going to stand still for you. Put all the, the stuff you got to do today in the hands of Jesus. Give him your worries right now. Just give him the things you're stressing about. Give him your deepest desires, things that you want so much in your life. Just give it to him. You don't need to check messaging right now. Resist that impulse. You don't need to check news. Resist that impulse. You don't need to be entertained. Resist that impulse. You don't even need anything else right now. You just, this is Jesus' time to show you again how good he is and how you were created to be with him. And as you pray deeply, I'm just going to repeat this phrase. Thank you, Jesus, as you breathe in. You are my peace. Jesus. You are my peace. Thank you, Jesus. You are my peace. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus speak in the sacred silence. feel Jesus wanting to just lift anxiety. He just wants to lift it. Anxiety over sin and failure, he forgives you. Take it in. Anxiety over just your life responsibilities. Anxiety over the chaos that is going on in our city and our world. He's with us. He's with us. He's with you. There's a, this film between us and him. It's our sin that's been built up. And it might feel like it's faint right now. You might not hear something so clear or see something so clear. But I can tell that he just wants you to at least to let, let your soul know what it's like to just stop and acknowledge his presence. He did, there's just a peace. There is just a peace that without hearing any words or any pictures, we can just know this is what you're made for, that you can actually make this more normal, live in this day to day, and not just be something special. 
so I want to just invite us. You can you keep talking to Jesus, but we're going to start to sing. Our worship team has a couple really beautiful songs that are going to help us right in the spirit of this word that we have just heard. And I want us to just start to respond to, our, to the spirit of God that is in the room. Remember, the spirit of God is always knocking. Jesus is always knocking, and we just... We just open up and receive it by giving him our attention, by giving him our honesty. Like no more games, no more half attention, no more performance. We just open up and just say, I'm yours. I worship you. I love you. I need you more than food. I need you. So I just want to invite us as we're able just to, to begin to come to a place of standing to worship him. Again, this down here on this carpet is a place for people who just feel like they just need to kneel. Just If you feel like just I want to take the act of a child and just humble myself physically to help my spirit just go, I will be needy. Just sing the words. Let the spirit of God break through your hearts and attach yourself deeply to Jesus. Oh, you're loved. Oh, he misses you. Oh, he's longing for your heart. I can feel it. Yes, Jesus, come and grab our hearts right now. Right now as we sing, just grab our hearts.